Hello and welcome to another edition of the Moving Iron Podcast. This podcast is proudly provided by Axon, helping dealers move more iron for almost 100 years. Find out more at axontire.com. Axon was started almost 100 years ago out of a passion for keeping agriculture moving. It's that same passion that drives them today. With a vision for a better experience for both farmer and dealer, they set out to create a better way to move more iron. When you partner with Axon, you get immediate access to a full range of products and solutions designed to meet the complex needs of today's grower. Axon carries all major brands and sizes of tires, wheels, and tracks. From custom colors and sizes to fully customized wheels, you can have the solution for virtually any problem today's farmer is trying to solve. To find more or become an Axon dealer, please visit axontire.com. This podcast is also brought to you by Valley Transportation. Valley Transportation has been hauling ag and construction equipment across the country for the past 33 years. Call Parker at 800-657-4910 or go to valleytransinc.com for all your trucking needs. At Valley Transportation, our goal is to help you reach yours. This podcast is also brought to you by AgDirect. No matter how you buy your ag equipment from a dealer, auction, or a private party, AgDirect can help you finance it. You can even apply online at agdirect.com. Learn more about your financing options at agdirect.com. Moving iron in the 21st century. Hardworking people working hard for you and me. Moving iron time and time again. Through the years you'll find us here. Hello and welcome to Moving Iron Podcast number 246. This edition of the Moving Iron Podcast is brought to you by Axon Tire, helping dealers move more iron for the past 100 years. For more information, go to axontire.com. Also, Valley Transportation has been hauling ag and construction equipment across the country for the past 33 years. Call Parker at 800-657-4910 for all your trucking needs. At Valley Transportation, our goal is to help you reach yours. And no matter how you buy ag equipment from a dealer, auction, or a private party, AgDirect can help you finance it. You can even apply online at agdirect.com. Learn more about your financing options at agdirect.com. Well, I'm your host, Casey Seymour, and I have my host, my co-host. Co-host, official title. Aaron Fennel. Aaron, how you doing today, bud? I'm terrific, and yourself? If I was any better, I couldn't stand it. That's there how you good, go. That's how good I am. And be so. twins. <laughs> That's exactly right. So, man, what you been up to? Uh, the daily battles of life, my man. Daily battles of life. Yeah. Have you fed your sheep yet today? No, that will be post, post-pod. Post-podcast. Right on. Yep. Right on. So, on a normal day, you have because you have two two operations, right? You've got the east operation. you got Fennel East, and then you got, you got oh, Fennel West, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. So, like, on a normal day, are we talking, like, Five or six hours worth of work? Are we talking it, like... No, we're talking excluding travel time mm-hmm. on a normal day, half hour max. Half hour max. Half hour max. Because you have... Of course, you've got the feed truck with the with the bunk feeder on the back of it so you can weigh nope. with the scale. None of that? No. Nope. No. Nope. Nope. Free, free choice hay out of a bale processor. Uh-huh. Do that once a week. And buckets of corn daily word that's it so daily is depending on time of year like 10 buckets 20 buckets in a ranger with a heater can i get 30 buckets and a radio (laughs) so they are not very difficult at all right on right on well it's been a uh we did get some moisture come through here finally we had a nice snow that was supposed to be flurries 
and I got it. And know, it was wet. wet. It was snow. actually wet. Yeah, it was like I got two and a half, three inches of snow at my house. Um, of heavy wet snow, would you get up on the on the high plains? We we didn't get that much up on the high desert at all. <laughs> um, I would say maybe it was a solid inch, was it? inch and a half, maybe. Yep. It wasn't two. Yep, right on. So, but it was just slush, man. Yeah. It was everything. It's odd for this time of the year to have that kind of wet snow. Yeah, usually that's like April May snow, right? You know, so anyway, all or, right, or the good old March <laughs> blizzard. That's <laughs> <laughs> Don't you love those? Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right. So the one thing about being in this business, more than anything, is um, it's the networking that you do, right? Right. And the, the networking that you do is the more the, the more success that you have being a used equipment guy and, and marketing your equipment and, and looking for those, those gaps to fill is strong. Thousand percent based off of what your network looks like. Right? Absolutely, right. So I found that out pretty early in my career, um, working up, working back in Wichita at the cat dealer back down there. When I was uh, watching a guy across from me named Ryan Brule do his thing, and that dude never put the phone down, constantly just bang, 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 calling other cat dealers. You know, I got this, you got that. I got a guy looking for this, got a guy looking for that. And I learned pretty early that. I didn't know any difference, so I just kind of figured out what he was doing and took off and ran with it. And to be real honest with you, that was probably the, the biggest lesson that I learned early on in my career. Right. <clears throat> I don't I don't know how successful I would have been if I wouldn't have been put in that situation to start with. Right, yeah. You know what I mean? Like I don't I mean, obviously we would have ended up calling other dealers to try to figure out like you know, what are you doing here? What are you doing there? But not intentionally just calling people just for the sake of, hey, can I have your phone number? Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> hey, what's exactly. your email address? Yep. <laughs> and it wasn't anything like that. I mean, it was it was very much a uh, uh, just a broad kind of stroke when it came to trying to figure out how to talk to all these people. So you're talking like 2006, 2007, 2008, and – for the longest time, you know, you didn't really ever know who anybody was. You knew who they were on the phone. Right, but yeah. You, and you maybe had, like, kind of a, a mental guess of kind of what they might have right, looked like, but yeah. you never saw them. So going into... And if you're like me, half the time you are way off. It's way amazing. off. It's amazing how wrong you are. Right? Yeah. And it was, a, it was a, fun, a fun experiment to learn all these things. And then you'd go to a, a conference, right? And you'd meet these people. Yep. And you'd be like... Holy crap! Good to see you, man. And but it was like you already you already knew them, right? Because you had that that long conversation with them on the phone. Oh, about everything absolutely! Else. It's the first time you physically met them. Yep. But you already know each other. Yep. And you have, and you just kind of pick up where you left off in the last the last thing. Except now you know what they look like. Right. right? So you can now when you talk to them, you kind of have that middle thing. Yep. Absolutely. So as as these, in which for me my my process was the same because. You got me started, and my process was the same, mm-hmm. but modernized another five years, right. and it was almost 100% digital. Right. Yeah, we had – I remember having to print pictures off because you couldn't email them. Right. You print pictures off. You could email, like, one picture, one and picture it would take time. half hours. It would hour. take all the, all the time in the world. But I remember printing pictures off and faxing those pictures to somebody. 
I don't know how you oh, told. Yeah. I can I couldn't imagine that those pictures were. Oh, yeah. I mean, I remember getting them too, and I'd be like, "What?" Yeah, you can't read a normal letter through fast, right? <laughs> let alone a picture. Yeah, so then you start looking at these stuff, doing those kind of things, and and I remember putting. Um, we had a file, and like a little Manila file for everything you had, and it, you didn't store the pictures on. Well, you stored them on a on a computer someplace, but whenever you went out and pulled out the inspection that machine, I had like fifteen pictures stapled to it. And that you could take those pictures and you just flip through those pictures and look at them. You would, right. Why would you go look online? That's stupid. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's, that's completely dumb. But yep. it's amazing how much, how far things has changed. And now, any meeting that you go to now is. I, I know people want to t- say tell you that I'm here because you have this great group of speakers or some level of information that you're going to give yeah. me. It's ninety nine point nine percent is. I know this guy is going to be there, and <clears throat> either I really have a good relationship with him, and I want to continue growing that relationship, or I know he's going to be there and I haven't met him. Right. Or you got seven of your buddies that always show up, and, exactly. you, and then you just you set through the you set through the meeting as long as you possibly can, and then you know you do that whole thing, and then as soon as that's done with, it's. Dinner then, you, and drinks. then you go make sure yeah. that the downtown businesses are appreciated. Mm-hmm. Yeah, normally we do a pretty good job of that. Absolutely, yeah, do do a really good job of doing that. So, but so. yeah, that's and that especially especially the for for I think us used guys specifically the speakers we are we are very we are. A super niche group, you know, and everybody's got their own ideas and this and that. But once you get to the networking thing, it's funny to see, you know, who ends up where, right. you know, who's right. who, who the little groups are, you right. know, kind of thing. Yeah. I always get such a kick out of that because they them those groups themselves, sh- by their diversity, where the guys are from, you know, mm-hmm. and that kind of stuff. <clears throat> Those groups themselves show you how important the networking side of it is. Right. Yep. Without question. <clears throat> yep. So when you, uh, I think one of the key things to any any good used equipment guy or gal, one of the key things that's out there that to really kind of drive home what this whole thing looks like to me, it is what value you bring when you're trading for off-colored equipment. Yep. Right, so if you're a New Holland guy and you're looking at a big John Deere deal or a Fent deal or something like that, what are you going to bring to the table that's going to help expedite that deal? Right. Yep. And that's absolutely. not just like how oh I'm going to put the trade numbers on there. Those trade numbers have to be backed by something, right? Yep. Because I can go out and look at all of the off-colored equipment that I want to look at on Tractor House or Tractor Zoom or whatever it is that that we've got going on there, but primarily, more than anything. I need to have enough contacts that I can contact about whatever it is that's going on yep. to get a solid, I would buy it for this. Right. Right? Yeah, absolutely. And Or you turn it into what you need. Right. Which yep. right now, well, you know, as we talked with Kevin, that right now is huge. Right. It's yep. not who's your fellow color buddy, it's who's your other color buddies. Right. Yeah, because more than likely you're out looking at as much off-colored equipment now as you are inline equipment. Yep. Right. And because you're right now, guys are just 
hunting and pecking, trying to find something to go at. Oh, so wow. They're generating something out of thin air to make something happen. So growing your contacts. Farmers are buying machinery like they're in the transfer portal, man. It's <laughs> jump over here, jump over there, right. jump wherever. Yeah, and, you know, you hear, I've heard, and that kind of goes back to the other topic, too, of of you hear people talk about um, what's going on in the uh, overall um, marketplace and what that looks like. And, and to be real honest with you, there is fertilizer costs are, are front of people's mind right now. Oh, absolutely. But it hasn't slowed anybody down. No. Right? No, there hasn't been. Yeah, you're right. Because I really thought going into this first quarter of the year. I thought, yeah, once know, we got after the first, yep. we were, it was going to lot big time hit the brakes. But yep. there's as much, okay, yep, put my name on it yep. now. Which even to me now, but if you take having these contacts that you can go around and call, just getting a feel for what's going on in the marketplace. Yeah, and they're neck the woods. Yeah, you know what I mean. And it's is, the same. There yeah. is nowhere where oh yeah, it's decent. <laughs> no, it is. Yeah. It is assholes and elbows everywhere. Exactly right. And I think the other benefit to that doesn't too matter is, color, doesn't yeah. matter what product yep. segment. Yep. Everything is that way. Yep. And especially when you start looking at this is one thing I love about having a broad base of contacts across the country. So you can start looking at okay, our area sugar beets is a big deal, right? Um, and there's not very many other pockets of the world that have sugar beets. Well, right. I can pick the phone up and talk to 10 or 15 different people that are in various sugar beet parts of the world and be like, okay, price of sugar's same here as it is there. What's what's the weather? I mean, how many did you get all three payments? Did you do that? Like, what does it look right. like? So what what's your what's your temperature up there for sugar beet equipment? What's your temperature for whatever it is that they're doing, right? And finding that that contact base that's got a similar crop mix to where you're at in a different geographical area, they have different factors that factor into the, the overall economy that they're in versus the overall economy that we're yep, in. Absolutely. But it's just a lot, it's just enough alike that they're getting they're generating this money from the same place. Right. <clears throat> so what's happening there? What's going different? What are you seeing that I'm not seeing? What's some little niche thing that's popping up in your area type of thing. Yep. Now, some of that stuff may happen, may not happen, you know, but when you're when you're talking to uh, just a corn and soybean guy in Illinois and just another corn and soybean guy in eastern Nebraska and another corn and soybean guy in uh, southeast Kansas and then you go over to um, some corn and soybean guy down in northern Mississippi, that's kind of the I – mean, there's nothing different about. I mean, there's difference about it from from the perspective of the yields that they're generating. Yeah, yields, hybrids, that. But they're they're all dealing with. The, it's all the, the same thing. Yes, exactly. It's all the same thing, right? Those that is, <clears throat> excuse me, that is one basket of right. eggs. Right. Yep, and across the board. So out here is a completely different, a different basket. Yeah. Then you get West Coast, mm-hmm. way, way, way different basket altogether. Exactly. East Coast, down south, southeast. Yep. So growing that, growing that contact base is, is huge. So as a guy that's on banging on the phone all day long, when you're, what spurs you to go look for that new contact? Because I get uh, I get stuck in it a lot of times where I've got like the the seven guys that I just I trust to know, right? And I'm just yep. I mean that's who I call first, right? I guess for mine it would be. The biggest thing is 
you look for off color that has a lot of off color because right. that's my color. Right. Um, that would be number one. The my I guess contact searching, if you will, is usually driven by the. I really need to get rid of this, and yep. there's got to be somebody somewhere that wants this, and I'm gonna find them. Right. Till yep. I do. Right. So, yep. you know, I, it's yep. it once in a while there'll be a it's, you know, it'll pop in your head, "Hey, it's been a year." Mm-hmm. See, you know, go through I have my processes that I do. Yep. And <clears throat> take a week if you got a slower mm-hmm. week, so maybe in 5 years I can do it again. Uh, <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> but if you it's a good way, you know, for some downtime, go through and and go through the process and see what else has popped up. Yep. I always took my contacts and put them in A, Bs, and Cs, just like I would if it was any other segmentation uh, out on the farm, right? You got, you got your A guys that you're going to call on once a week, once every two weeks, whatever that is. You get your B guys you're going to call on once a month. You get your C guys you're going to call on once every two months, once gotcha. every three months, something like that. And I, I very much had that same concept. You know, there were guys that were more, you know, geared towards, like, there was one guy I knew that just, like, all he dealt with were 7,020 series tractors. That was, right. like, his niche, right? Yep. And then there was another guy I knew that was really into combines, but it was older combines. Yeah. And then I knew the guy that was into um, everything, you know, but he also farmed. So it was one of those things, like, you know, you, you know, do I? What do I need in the farm right now that I can exactly. that I can turn? And then I'm gonna yep. make a little money on it. And then you had the guys that were, um, they were up for whatever you wanted to give them as long as they could make make it work. Sure. Right. And so those are like the ABCs, kind of how I looked at them. And and to me that was it made it pretty beneficial to make things work. But again, I'm gonna go back to this: is that when someone came in and said, "Hey, we're gonna trade for a." X. I immediately right. thought of ten people that I could call to get a number on whatever this was. Right. right. And when you have ten people that are giving you a number right away, and those those ten people have the same number plus or minus five thousand bucks, that's the market. Right. right? Exactly. Right? So you can and, and that kind of goes back to that. You can go look at Tractor House, you can go look at Machine Repeat, you can go look at wherever you want to go look at. But the boots on the ground are telling oh, you that yeah. it's worth X, it's worth X. And you probably shouldn't have any more than X in it. Right. Plus, what you're seeing out there is what they're hoping for. That's sure. not what uh, the check is written for. Right. Maybe today. Right. But <laughs> typically, yeah. typically, typically yeah. not. Yeah. Um, you know, it's funny that we're sitting here talking about this because, dude, I, it's so, it's just habit. That is life now. All these pro, you know, mm-hmm. all these steps and stuff. That's right. just like drinking water through the day, so you so you don't die. Right. It's just part of life. <laughs> it's part of it. You yeah. know, it's yeah. wild to sit here and go, "Well, I don't do that," and be like, "Yeah, that's what you do eighty times a day, yeah. every day." You know, kind of deal. And it's that's yeah. that's wild. Just to, yep. just throwing that out there. That's the other thing too about the the whole concept of of what it is that we do. It's our touch points per customer are just exponentially higher. Oh yeah, you know what I mean. Like, 
in a day, you, I mean, if you're out calling on the guy in the territory and just doing your own territory calls and you're really getting after it, I mean, yep. you're just 100% bang, 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 stopping by, you get your four or five guys you want to go see for the day, you know, type of thing for sure, and then you might stop by a few other places. You, you, you might get seven seven stops in a day. Right. right? Some of these people, I get 20 stops done in a day. It's like, well, they must be contiguous stops in a row because – you know, out here especially, I mean, you drive from one guy's place, it's another, it's 10 minutes at, yeah. at, a, at a minimum to the next guy. Right. And then you stop and talk to him, you know, so next thing you know, you've you spent six days, six stops, whatever else, you spent 30 minutes per stop. You know, you got three, four hours of actual talking, and you got another three or four hours of driving around. Right. You know what I mean? So, yep. And, and then on top of that, you know, make a few phone calls here and those type of things. That same time period, we we legitimately. I remember doing this, legitimately making twenty five or thirty phone calls in a day. Oh yeah. And well, you no, know, I mean it's like they're quick, you know, 10, 15 minute conversations. But I mean, you're just like banging through those. Yeah. Starting in the morning and working your way around the <laughs> around the time zones right to, to yeah. the end of the day. You know. Oh yeah. Yeah, I used to do that a lot back in you know. With the start from scratch thing, you know, yep. that's exactly how it was. Yep. And the easiest thing, too, about... Once it got to, like, 4 o'clock mountain, yeah. it was just... Because the West Coast wholesale world is its own very, very unique animal yeah. over there. So it was... That, for me, is like a handle it on its own day kind yep. of thing. Right. But the other, you know, going... Once you east to west, following the time, yep. you know, following the sun through the day. Right. Once you got to four o'clock, here mountain time. Yep. It's like, well, that was it. Right. <laughs> it yep. was just like poof, man. As fast as you can get out of there. Yeah. But on the flip side, you better be ready to roll at five thirty. Right. Five five thirty and. Yep. Hit it. Because I remember staying up till uh, staying at work till six o'clock at night because. That was five o'clock west, right? You know what I mean, and starting at seven in the morning because that was eight o'clock. Well, actually, it was nine o'clock in the morning, uh, East Coast time, right? But it was, it was eight o'clock Central, and and getting those, starting that, you know, that early morning check in of here. What do you what are you looking for today? What do you got? Here's right, what I got, yeah. and, and working your way across, and then by about noon, I kind of had a game plan of what I was going to go back after, and. Start, you know, start putting the puzzle pieces together, see if you can't make something out of it, you know. Yep. And that was, that's the one thing, that's what I like about this side of the business more than anything is it's not so much the speed of the transaction, but the other person that you're talking to on the phone, they're, they're just, they are doing the exact same thing you're doing. Yep. They're not there to, you know, well, you know, I got the guy over here, you know, and yep. the guy it's knows, short you know, it's and sweet, yep. yes or no. And they're, and it's, they're moving on to the next thing. And they're trying to make something happen, right? You know, because they've got a guy who's looking for something, right? Or you know what? I got a piece I need to fill in the lot. I'm, I've got a spot here to fill in, but I yep. also need to get rid of this piece. So what, you know, what can we do? You know, and I think that's what I like the most about this deal. Now, I've never had it where it was a hundred percent all used. You know, wholesale side of the equipment of the business. That was a total. That's all I ever did. The other thing I like about this side of it too is whoever you're talking to on the phone, that's the end user, um, the farm guy that saw it on the internet or whatever. Right. They're like 80% in 
on whatever it is that they're calling you about. Right. right? They had to call. Yeah. I mean, there's something there that they're like, that's exactly what I'm looking for. The hours are right. It's got the, this or it's got the that, and I can't find the whatever, and it's, you know. Yep. They're 80% in. The other 20% you're closing with, you know, whatever it is that you're closing with, right? Some kind of service. Or, yeah, whatever it is. Right. Yeah. And, you know, some some you know, financing or whatever it is. Not price because they want to pay what you're asking. Right. Every, every time. Every single time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly right. Price is never an issue. <laughs> but it's that, it's that one catalyst where I always felt like it was a 60-40 mix for me. Sure. 60%. Wholesale dealer, dealer transaction, building that network, growing that network, and then about forty percent end user internet caller come calling me that looking for whatever it was. Sure. Now, all that being said, was some of my best contacts though were the end users that I got developed the relationship with. Oh yeah. That that call you or you call them or they're on your email list or whatever it is, yep. and, and they're looking for stuff. So it's it's a pretty simple concept to 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 do. But it's like any other side. This is the one frustration that I have sometimes with the perception of the used equipment department yeah. is that it's just like any other sales territory. How you handle that sales territory is how, – how you interact within that sales territory is the same level of success that any other sales territory interaction has. Right. So if you have a – if you have zip code, you know, one, two, three, four, five, and zip code, you know, six, seven, eight, nine, ten – and you only go out to those and call on those customers, you know, once a month, you're not going to be very successful, right? But if you're out there pounding the, that that sales territory hard, right, you're going to be successful. It's the exact same way on on the used equipment side, right? You have to have time to go out and grow and and culturally make those um, oh yeah things work. So yeah, otherwise, right. you know, you you have to be present, yeah, in their in their memory, right. Sure. Pretty pretty routine. Yep. Because they got a lot to pick from. Yeah, there's you know a million people calling you. Exactly. You know? So you gotta you gotta be fresh in front of that guy's mind when he's like, Ooh, I need this. Uh-huh. Wonder if Aaron has it. Right. You know? Yep. You wanna be that first thought of, Oh, I wonder if he's got one. Yep. And plus it's building that relationship too, where you're whoever's on the other end that you're dealing with, they keep calling you back because it's always been an easy transition. Yeah. If it's not what yep. it's supposed to be, then... It gets taken care of one way or another, right. and everybody's satisfied. Because that's the other thing, too, on this side of the business, is that we're buying as much stuff side and scene and reselling it as as, as other people oh, are, yeah. too. So we, we get surprised by stuff, too. So yep. It's, it's Absolutely. Right on. Well, we, had a, uh, we decided to start a new segment, and the new segment's called Boots on the Ground. And the... The idea behind boots on the ground is that it's just that we're going to go out and talk to people that are doing this kind of stuff every day. And um, Aaron and I kind of thought about it and what we we're going to do and, and the perspectives that we want to bring into this. And I think we're going to reach out and talk to as many different people as we can go out there and talk to. So our first guest that we had on the boots on the ground is uh, going to come up here next. And it's Ke- Kevin uh, Vandervoort out of uh, Hoover's. Inc. and they have Case IH dealer in uh, East Coast. East Coast, pretty much. I mean, New York, Pennsylvania, Delaware, uh, Delaware, Maryland, Maryland, Virginia, Virginia, North Carolina. So they cover a big swath area out there. And Kevin's a guy I met uh, probably a year ago, year and a half ago, two years ago, something like that. And he's a he's a smart guy, wealth of information, and uh, glad we could have him on. So absolutely. 
So uh, with that, Kevin. All right. So this segment is a new one that we just came up with, and it's not something we've done before. Aaron, I thought it'd be good to, to get some other perspectives in the podcast because when you live and live and breathe in like one county in, in western Nebraska, in the Panhandle of Nebraska, you kind of hit a kind of hit a pinch point in the overall view of America. Well, don't shortchange us like that, man. <laughs> our our coverage area is as big as a whole state, even though it's parts of two. Well, technically three. True, but yeah. so. Take it easy with that. Right. Same landscape, though, throughout the entire. It is. It, it is. Working, so. Pivot, sagebrush, sand. <laughs> That's exactly right. That's exactly right. So we thought we would come up with this fancy name called Boots on the Ground, and we'd bring in a user equipment manager or some person like that from, from the industry that works in user equipment and kind of talks about what's going on every day and knows what's happening in the marketplace. And we thought our first victim would be Kevin Vandervoot out of uh, Hoover's Inc. out there in the on the East Coast out there in uh, where you at Delaware, Pennsylvania, a little bit of New York, kind of in that area, right? So yeah, we cover uh, Pennsylvania, Maryland, Delaware, New Jersey, uh, Virginia, down to uh, North Carolina line. Right on, nice. Oh wow, so you really get down there. So you kind of get out to Martha's Vineyard much, or you kind of get that. No. No, you, you know what's interesting? There, there are there are no case ice dealers in Massachusetts, Rhode Island, uh, or Connecticut. Well, look there, you got some places to grow now. You yeah, expansion plans coming your way. It sounds like. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> Modern day pioneers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, load the covered wagon. We're going to Massachusetts. <laughs> uh, I don't know if I want to do that or not. <laughs> Well, Kevin, kind of talk a little bit about Kevin's been on the podcast before. I, I can't, I don't remember what number it was, but it was a long, it was about a year or so ago, maybe two years ago. Kevin was on, but, but Kevin, tell everybody what you, uh, what you do with Hoover's and, and kind of what your position is there at the company. Sure. So I am the used equipment manager, uh, been here since 2013, uh, took over for a guy that was retiring at the end of the great prosperity in agriculture. Good talk, um, buddy. <laughs> Larry had all the fun, and I came in and dealt with all the mess, yeah. and and learned how to be an uh, learn how to appraise and evaluate equipment as it was devaluing every month. Yeah. And thank God we got through that. And uh, so yeah, so I do appraisals um, all day long. I'm looking at uh, at the trades that are coming in, possible trades that are coming in, and trying to put. Uh, you know, retail numbers and book numbers on all of those units. Um, and, uh, you know, in that process, I am uh, talking with other dealers, you guys, a uh, bunch of other John Deere dealers that I have good contacts with and some challenger dealers and agco dealers and uh, all the other colors out there that we deal with. Um, so we, we are a case ice dealer. And we also represent JCB. We have Kubota, uh, Great Plains, Kraus, Coon, Knight, um, Woods. So I'm seeing all that kind of equipment all the time. And uh, we have dairy, we have beef, we have row crop, we have uh, nursery, uh, turf. Um, what else? Oh, cotton, peanuts. 
uh, down in the Southern Virginia and North okay. Carolina area. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah. Um, so uh, potatoes, uh, some row vegetables. So we're, you know, very diverse and in a boatload of poultry. Right. In the, in the coastal, you know, like your, your Maryland, Delaware, isn't there a lot of like high value crops in that, in those regions too, or not? Yes. So Oh yeah, uh, a lot of fruits and vegetables type stuff. Yeah, fruits and vegetables, uh, cannery still, still quite a bit of sweet corn, snap peas, green beans, uh, pickle, cucumbers for pickles, spinach, all that kind of stuff. So a lot of there's a lot of um, uh, center pivot irrigation in this area. Yeah. Um, but you know, the nice thing is it it gives us a lot of diversity. Uh, but we, you know, I, I see a lot of different pieces of equipment as well with that. Right. So, yeah, we probably have a little bit of uh, a lot of specialty equipment comes across your way then. Yes. Uh, and it, that goes in cycles, but yes, it gets, yep. it gets interesting. Okay. So I'm sure you're like every other dealer out there right now that's just flush with, with uh, equipment. You don't know what you're going to do with it all. And You've got more stuff to sell than you can shake a stick at, right? You know, it's it's interesting. We were we were going over some numbers uh, about two weeks ago. Um, our our uh, new inventory manager and I. And when I took over back in 2013, we had somewhere like 700. And I think we topped out like 720 pieces of used inventory, somewhere around 30 million dollars worth of of used equipment. And we have a it's 200 and I think it's 243 pieces of used equipment in inventory right now at about, uh, I think it's nine or $10 million. Um, and, and we probably have less inventory than we had back when we were just three stores. Yeah. Uh, it's just inc incredible. The difference. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's amazing. We were talking about that the other day that if you take a look at, at inventory situation right now, where we're at, we have, um, we have less inventory now than we did when we had, um, like you said, like three or four stores. I mean, and back then we were stressed out about that. Now we're, we're looking at this going like, man, I hope we have something to sell. We're using customer, you know, customer databases as far as what they have on farm to start talking to people about what's going on, what they might be looking for, you know, upgrading those kind of things and starting trying to build that, that washout cycle, you know, not like non-organically really. I mean, you're just trying to create something out of thin air and, and see if you can't get something to stick. Yeah. It, it's uh, the, the worry now is, as you said, what are we going to have to sell? You know, our, our sales guys are, are commissioned. Right. So they have to be selling. And if they're not, you know, it's, and, and by all means, I do not want them to not be making money. If right. they're not making money, they're not going to be happy. They're going to be looking to go for to go somewhere else. Right. Um, you know where where that is today, I don't know, but they're going to be looking to go somewhere else. So, I want them selling. I want them trying to find stuff. Yep. You know, and and, and uh, the the dichotomy right now is okay. That piece, how premium is it that we go great guns on it versus is it is it really just an average piece that kind of looks good? Right now we're Every I think right now every average piece because there's so few looks a little better than what it did, oh, yeah. you know, six months ago. Yeah. Um, what 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 is that? It's uh, uh, a ten at 
no, a two at 10 and a 10 at two. Yeah, there you go. So, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, yeah. I think there's such little inventory right now that uh, everything looks like a 10. Yeah. Um, it, it uh, yeah, it's crazy. Uh, and so, you know, that's the big thing is making sure that I have good relationships with all of my John Deere buddies so that I can try to get any of your red trades. Right. Um, And so that I have some inventory to sell. Yeah. Um, And, and, you know, what, what green stuff I get, I'm sure, you know, all my John Deere buddies are are looking for that because we're all in the same boat here. Yeah. That's such a key part to this, making all this thing work is that, you know, for as, as strategically, um, staunchly against each other we are we're we're kind of linked together in a lot of ways it's how it's uh the further away you are the more friendly we're going to be with you type of thing you know that's that's, that's yeah that's usually how that works and you know what and you know what's funny kevin could probably relate to this in in a normal year kind of your best your best allies are your your case or my dear dealers that are a couple organizations away like you have a you have a buffer you know in between and now it's those are your biggest enemy because we're all after this that one tractor that's for sale in north america you know so now we're in a world where you and i are more allies than me and green dealer a you know or me and the agco guy are better allies than me and green dealer b yeah I think I really feel like that is the world we're in and have been in for, you know, at least six months. For sure. For sure. So Kevin, talk a little bit about what's going on in your area right now. So what are you seeing? What do you, what's, what is the, uh, what's the hot, hottest thing right now? You got obviously tractors. I mean, that's, that's an easy one, but you start looking at coming into spring like this, you know, you've got, you got planter situations, you got spring, uh, you know, harvesting kind of here looming over the uh, over the horizon here. So I guess as you take a look at those two things, how are you handling those situations and, and what are you uh what are you really driving for right now as far as inventory? So yeah, we're coming, you know, obviously we're coming into planter season. Um uh, we actually I, I was really surprised that last fall we did a bunch of uh, a bunch of trades and we had a number of um, 16 row corn planters, 16 and 1632 planters. And we sold out of most of those by the end of the year, uh, which I was quite surprised because it was kind of an off season sale time. Um, so we're, we're coming into the spring and uh, we'll be in the midst of planter season with, with some, a few sixes and some eights and not really a lot of anything else and it's going to be interesting to see how people react to that because we just we we don't there will be a few new pieces that will free up some of units that were that are still on the the farm because the person said you can't have it until i have my money And I'd have to go back. I think most of those are already pre-sold. So it, it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out. Um, uh, you know, it, and I've had, I've had a few sales guys come to me and say, Hey, I'm looking for this planter. You know, can you, you can you go find something? And I, and I've told them, look, you know, I've it, it, at this point, 
I have to go buy from one of my fellow case ice dealers to get you something because there's nothing red on any of my John Deere guys lots. Mm-hmm. And so I'm not going to get a deal. You know, right. if it's already listed on the internet, those guys aren't going to give me a deal. Right. Uh, yeah. So can I have that at ask price plus 10%? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Has to keep it in the area. Be like, uh, yeah, it's a world yeah. work, man. Yeah. Yep. It, it, uh, and I don't know. I, I, I'm with you, Casey. I think we're in this for, 2025 2026 yeah this isn't a this isn't a quick uh, fix there's no there's no silver bullet that's coming along here that even with the crop market where it's at uh there, there's no so unless unless the oems are lying to us and they're going to dump all their new pieces that are sitting at on their lots all at one time i, I don't see it I think even then, though, I think it's just the what I, I think one of my things I've been paying attention. I've thought about that a lot, Kevin. Is is when you when you step back and you look at, at that and just say everybody the fourth quarter of the year, everybody just throws in everyone's new equipment stuff all shows up, and we're going to go out and sell everything. We got all this new stuff coming in. Most of that used equipment is pre-sold already, and Absolutely. the cupboard is so bare that it's going to take a lot to get, I mean, this is the first time in a, in my, my history of being in this business where I was happy to go out and sell as much new equipment as I can, because I was going to generate a bunch of used equipment to go out and sell. Typically we're selling into such a saturated used equipment marketplace, trying to sell a bunch of new equipment and try to take in a bunch of used that, that you're constantly worrying about what your turn looks like, what your, they get you coming and going. <laughs> This is just you just you're just hoping to God that you have enough new equipment coming to generate enough use to get you know what you have pre-sold taken care of. And that's that is the uh that's the thing I'm kind of thinking about where you have this group of people that are gonna be looking at uh various parts of the business and thinking that, oh man, my inventory is not that bad. I mean, I've only got you know, and I've only got, you know, I've only got, I've only got, and you keep hearing that until all of a sudden it's like, holy crap, I've got, you know, and right. you're sitting there three years down the line where you've got an inventory problem. And I think I agree with you. I think it's that 25, 26, 27 timeframe that we start really seeing a big ballooning of, of used equipment value or inventories anyway. But also, like you said, crop prices now and then could squash that pretty hard too. They would have to because. <laughs> The prices being high is our biggest enemy. True. Yeah. It's, like, it just keeps that snowball rolling downhill and we never will get caught up. Yep. Yeah. Oh. But the hard thing right now, I think for me is, um, you know, I, I'm watching all of these auctions and the, the prices that people are paying at auction. And, and it, it just is mind boggling. And, uh, can can we as a dealer get that? And I've had uh, the really nice piece you always get good money for, but can I don't know that there's always that really nice piece that people are paying stupid money for at the auction. Yeah, exactly. So that kind of alludes back to my my rule of thumb I have, where you know you're you're somewhere between fifteen and twenty five percent above auction value right now. And 
I don't, I don't know. I don't mean, that's a tough one, man. Cause I don't know if you want to go out and tell someone that, you know, they bought it at auction for whatever, a hundred thousand bucks. So somehow you're going to be selling it for 125, 115 to 125, maybe $130,000. I think whoever has the, the golden goose right now is, is the one that's going to be able to, to, to sell those eggs and get whatever they want for them. You know what I mean? And I think that's the, that's the driving factor right now in the in this in the market that we're in is if you have it and you can buy it today, that's worth something above and beyond what you see advertised. It's the very definition of a bird in the hands worth two in the bush. Yeah. And, yeah. and that's that you carve that in stone for auctions, yeah. second half of 21. Yeah. And especially if you take oh, that tractor in 20 brought 50, and in 21 it brought 96. Yeah. So in your area, this is something I've been paying attention to as well, is how many um, retirement state sales, those kind of things are popping up around there. And I, I can't really say that I've seen a whole bunch of stuff like that. We've had some conversations with customers that are, that are pretty much retired. You know, they kind of pulled that. I'm not going to really plan anything this year, but I'm going to have someone farm the ground for me type of thing. And I'm thinking about selling what I've got, but I'm not going to tell you that I'm retiring yet. Um, and some guys have just said, I've punched my ticket. I'm out. I'm retiring. I'm going to go down my business. What kind of, how, what do you see out there on that front? Yeah, there's, there's a few. Um, we had a couple customers that we lost uh, from our Middletown, Stella, Middletown, Delaware store that uh, retired over in, uh, they were in New Jersey. Um, it, it was interesting. There was a couple pieces there that a uh, couple salesmen and I talked about and they went probably uh, $40,000, $50,000 more than what I thought they were going to bring. Um, and, and it's, as you said, Aaron, it, because they could get it today. Yep. Um, it's, it, you know, um, if, if, if you're thinking about retirement now is the time to, oh, do it. Yeah. oh my goodness. Now is the time yep. to do it. Absolutely. Um, oh, you could retire for five years, sock that into some kind of account let it grow and then go buy cheap machinery when it falls out of bed again. Yeah. That's one of them used equipment guy. Yeah. Thought processes right there. <laughs> Everything's for sale. I well, mean, I'm not seeing a mass exodus, you know, but there's, it, I, I would say it is the normal, what, probably three, 4% that we see every year. Yep. Um, I, I don't believe it's, it's increased from that. But it's just that uh, the people that are doing it right now, they're making out. No doubt about it. No doubt about it, for sure. Well, Kevin, hey, man, it's going to be a good conversation, man. What's the last thing you want to throw out there for uh, for the people out there on the podcast? Wow. Perseverance, you know. Um, just uh, take it one day at a time. Um, it, it, it's going to be interesting. We're yep. all in this boat together. Um, there, you know, there, there's not one OEM that, that was not affected right. by what's been going on and by all this craziness. Um, so, you know, with the perseverance also, please, uh, um, please be patient with us as dealers because, um, we're the, the OEM is above us and, you know, poop runs down. And, uh, so, we're just trying to deal with what the OEM has given us as best as we can and trying to satisfy you as the customer. Um, so, so please bear with us and give us some patience, but, but we're all going to persevere. 
Absolutely. Uh, <clears throat> last thing I put out there, man, is that, you know, Kevin came to the Moving Iron Summit last year and, and I, I, it was good to finally meet him in person. That was, that's one of the good things about doing that is oh. I talked to Kevin a million times, but I, I never actually put a face to his name. So it's good to see you this, this, uh, this past fall here at the Moving Iron Summit, man. Yeah, it was great to be there. Great, uh, you know, firm up relationships and create more relationships. And uh, at the end of the day, that's that's what we got to have to help each other out. Because, uh, you know, we're all trying to move used equipment and we're all trying to buy it properly because that's our job buy it properly and, and make sure our sales teams are buying it properly so that we can resell it for a fair, fair price. Right. <clears throat> Exactly right. Well, Kevin, I appreciate you being on, bud. Yeah, thank you. Appreciate thank you, the uh, invitation. All right, thanks, Kevin, for being on the podcast, man. Uh, make sure you guys reach out and talk to Kevin. He's got a, a lot of good stuff going out there, and uh, especially if you're out there on the East Coast, make sure you give those guys a shout. Well, Aaron, I think that's pretty well good jumping off spot here for the podcast. If you got any uh, last things you want to throw out there? Man, not that I can think of. Yeah, that's a good one. I just I would just go out and say that anyone that's starting to do this now, um, you can't you can't be on the phone enough. Then that's the easiest way to start doing that yep. and and growing that that contact base with. Always be looking for contacts because eventually you get enough built up that the selling becomes yep. far less. It requires far less effort. And just like Kevin said, I mean, and I'll, I'll go back and say this when we're talking. You know, I want to have as many non john deere dealer contacts as i have john deere dealer contacts yep absolutely and because it's, it comes back right down to that that asset that you can bring back to the dealership of knowing who to call when you've got x on the lot right and have that 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 candid conversation with that's going to help you sell that piece of equipment is priceless yep you can't put a value on that so yep absolutely good deal all right aaron people want to reach out to you Get more information about what you got going on. What's the best way to do that? Uh, I'd say call me, text me, 308-760-1193. Did you get your Twitter thing figured out yet? Not yet. Outstanding. <laughs> <laughs> I just have to start a whole new one. No. Uh... <laughs> well, you can you can find me on all, all the social media that still works for me, so Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram is where you find the latest editions of the Moving Iron Podcast. You can also go to... Um, movingironllc.com to find all the information about the Moving Iron Summit coming up in Nashville, Tennessee, September 6th, 7th, and 8th. If you want more information about that, just send me an email at movingironpodcast at movingironpodcast.com, and I can get that to you. So kind of back to the whole idea of building Network. networks, right? That's the fundamental purpose of that meeting, right? Yep. We have a It's a half-day, full-day, half-day, and we have people come in that talk about the economy, the weather that might, that's coming up. Uh, some driving factors out there that we're going to see is from the, the commodity side of the business all the way through just the overall economy. And But the most important thing is you get to meet some people across Absolutely. the board. So if you're interested in coming to Moving Iron Summit. Regardless of color. How long have you been going to it, Aaron? Uh, since inception. Yeah, since the first one. So how many, how many, how many people have you talked to there that you'd only talked to on the phone previously? Prior to that, well, everybody, yeah, everybody I didn't fly there with, All right? So, yeah, so it's that's a point, yeah. yeah. So if you that, go there, you're gonna, exactly. you're gonna you're gonna meet people. And how many people were there that you met that you didn't know? 
Oh, didn't already know, right. like wasn't already a contact, right. hadn't emailed or talked, uh, maybe a couple. Right. So you always find two or three people in there yeah. that you don't know. Uh, right? Yeah, absolutely. There's two or three people every year that call me. I'm like, man, I feel like I, sh- I should know you, but I right. don't, you know. So it's well, people things. change at dealerships too. So. Oh, sure. That's the, that's the other side of it too. Yep. Uh, things get moved around too. So check it out. If you want more information about that? Hit me up, Moving Iron Podcast at movingironpodcast.com. And if you really want to do me a solid, go to your favorite podcasting platform and give me five stars. Five. Five of them. Five star. And if they can give you six, let them give me six. Go for it. But this one Rack goes them up. But this one goes to 11. <laughs> you know? All right. All right, so that, I'm Casey Seymour with Aaron Fennell. Let's go with some iron folks. Out. You want to have a meaningful competitive advantage to help sell more equipment. Whether you represent the sales, parts, or management department of an implement dealership, there's a surprising amount of complexity when it comes to tire, wheel, and track technology. Let Axon worry about that so you can get back to supporting your customers. Axon has leveraged years of experience to create a streamlined process that gives you a proven path to help today's grower and sell more equipment. The roots of their organization go back almost 100 years to the invention of the rubber tractor tire. Supporting agriculture is the number one driver of Axon from product development through sales and service. To find more or become an Axon dealer, head over to axontire.com. This podcast is also brought to you by Valley Transportation. Valley has over 33 years in the trucking business, moving ag and construction equipment across the country. At Valley Transportation, our goal is to help you reach yours. For more information, go to valleytransinc.com or give Parker a call at 800-657-4910. This podcast is also brought to you by AgDirect. No matter how you buy your ag equipment from a dealer, auction, or a private party, AgDirect can help you finance it. You can even apply online at agdirect.com. Learn more about your financing options at agdirect.com. In the 21st century Hardworking people Working hard for you and me Moving higher Time and time again Through the years you'll find us here Moving higher